This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Florida Panthers will play against blank in the Stanley Cup final. We could have the answer to that tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights look to eliminate the Dallas Stars in Game 4 of the Western Conference Final. The betting favorite would be that the Panthers are going to be playing against the Vegas Golden Knights. But what we know right now is that the Panthers have punched their ticket to the Cup Final for the first time in almost three Decades, they sweep the Carolina Hurricanes last night in Game 4, a 3-2 victory. It's Matthew Kachuk once again with the game winner, this time with 4.3 seconds to go on the power play. Um, For a moment in the third period when the Canes tied the game with about three and a half, three and change to go, it looked like Carolina would have a chance at the very least to extend the game into another overtime period because Lord knows we didn't get enough of those in the Eastern Conference Final and maybe the series. But once again, Matthew Kachuk was too good in the big moment. That was his third game-winning goal of the four-game sweep. And he has three overtime game-winning goals in the playoffs to this point. It's incredible. The team's been great. It's been a fun story to watch. They've been the underdogs the entire time, and now they're on their way to the Stanley Cup final. It was a Jordan Stahl penalty in the offensive zone with little time remaining uh, that put the Panthers on the power play. Uh, A lot of people didn't love the call. Some people didn't like the potential goalie interference on the goal itself that was reviewed, and then they ultimately said it was a good goal. Um But in the end, the reason that the Carolina Hurricanes did not win a game or did not win that series was the Sergei Bobrovsky factor and the fact that the goals were too hard to come by. We talked a lot about the finishing ability in the offense of the Carolina Hurricanes and got to a point where maybe we've been making a bit too much about this. Maybe they're okay. Um, Not so much once they got to the Eastern Conference Final against Sergei Bobrovsky. And the Florida Panthers, um, a couple quotes from last night from Rod Brindamore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, and Jordan Stahl, the captain of the team, about how they didn't feel like it was a sweep, right? Everyone's going to talk about how they got swept. Well, they didn't feel that way. And while the scoreboard doesn't lie, they're not wrong per se. I think Carolina outchanced Florida in this series. Um, there were games where they outshot the Panthers in that series, games where you thought, they were winnable. It was four one-goal games at the end of the day in this sweep, which is probably more frustrating than four straight blowout games. Um, but you don't get to the cup final for outchancing a team. You don't get to the cup final based on your expected goal rate. You don't get the Prince of Wales trophy because you outshot your opponent. Um, Bobrovsky was unbelievable, and the Panthers had the finishing ability when it mattered most, and now they're on their way to the Stanley Cup final for the first time in 27 years and as we welcome you into hockey central 960 here on this thursday uh we bring in our first guest of the show it's bill Lindsay. he joins us now on the atlas pizza guest hotline former nhler played for the panthers he was working the game last night on nhl network you can catch him on panthers radio as well bill how are we doing a <laughs> big night last night saw your reaction uh, when they won the game first time in 27 years how are we feeling today 
Yeah, feeling pretty good. It's been a long time uh, waiting to get to this point, and this team has put in so much work and didn't seem like we were even going to get into the postseason. We scraped and we crawled, and since then, the team's just getting better and better and better, and all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Keith Kachuk, or sorry, Matthew Kachuk, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky have been stealing the show, and it's been pretty amazing to watch. You mentioned all the one-goal games and how tight it's been, but the Panthers somehow, some way, have been able to find themselves on top in those close games. It's been it's been a lot of fun to watch. I think there were a lot of people who, you know, maybe weren't happy about the Sun Belt Final Four, no Canadian teams left, and it was a sweep, yeah, but those games were all really close and, and a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I've got no problem with who's who's been playing in these conference finals so far. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. These teams are good. The fan bases are uh, Carolina's outrageous. You go to a game in Carolina, <laughs> that building is loud, and we've gotten the fan base back in South Florida. It's taken a while. We got beat up there for about 20 years with some bad hockey, but last four years we've been able to make the playoffs, a President's Trophy last year, then this run this year. Uh, it's coming back. It's like the early 90s, the same sort of vibe when I first got down there and we went to a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup in year three. But Sunbelt, you can talk about the franchises. There's there's a following, and it gets pretty rabid and pretty excited to watch and to go into these buildings. All respect to Carolina, the way they played, they were right. They're, they were right there. It was tough. It's all about the bounces at the right time of the year. But as far as getting beat, the Panthers did have the better goaltending. Sergei Bobrovsky, even though the goaltending at the other end was better, Sergei Bobrovsky was better. The power play for the Panthers came through at critical times, so the power play was kind of a difference in the series. And the star players, Matthew Kachuk, uh, Alexander Barkov, uh, were able to score key goals at key times. Uh, at the other side, Ajo, Natchez uh, kept off the scoreboard. Their defensive group that led the league in goal scoring, uh, Chadfield only had one goal. So the Panthers, even though it was close games, the Panthers, to me, were the better team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned Matthew Kachuk. He gets the game winner last night with 4.3 seconds left in regulation. He had three game-winning goals in the four-game sweep. What has he injected into this Panthers team this season? Uh, Swagger. He just comes with all kinds of all kinds of Swagger, you know, from the Calgary days. Um, it's not talkiness, but he's he's brash, he's bold, uh, he's outspoken, uh, and he's going to back it up. He backs it up on the ice with his play, and with that, he drags everyone into the fight with his energy, and it's infectious in the dressing room when you have a player like that, and it's also on the ice when you see a guy that plays that hard with so much determination, it just everyone has to when your leader plays that way everyone has to has to follow suit and he he has a fourth line mentality a grinded out mentality but he also has this elite skill combination to go with it he's kind of a unicorn in the nhl and when the mat when it matters the most uh like game number one that four overtime game and maybe it was his worst game of the playoffs he was invisible for the whole three periods and the overtime session had two goals from the outside, but got one chance on a stick, and no one remembers what happened. The other, the other six yeah. periods, all they remember is the, is the one shot. So he, the timing is always around the blue paint. And down there in South Florida, he has become a cult hero in, in just one year. It's it's staggering what he's done not only for Panther history but NHL history. I mean, it seems like it's the whole Kachuk family that's going to be in in the Panthers' lore now. With uh, with Keith making his 
kind of speech about the team on Toronto radio. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Paul Maurice having a probably a fairly similar one on the bench that probably had a bit more uh, to do with the change that we saw in the group. But yeah, you know, Big Walt and, and Matthew probably are looking pretty good for Panthers fans right now. Yeah, they, uh, I played with Keith. I had a chance to play with Keith, so I'm familiar with the family and what uh, just kind of what they represent. But it's uh, that it's that Boston. Uh, if you've been to Boston, then you know it's kind of a they they got this. Yeah, it's loud. Boston people are loud and they're they're very proud proud people and they just show it and you see big Walt Keith Kachuk up there in the stands celebrating his son's son's goals. They're just made for hockey. It's it's not only good for the Panthers, but to have a player like Matthew, it's good for the. It's just good for the game. Uh, he's gonna get you talk to him. You're a reporter. You're gonna get an honest answer. <laughs> he's not gonna sugarcoat it. He's just gonna give it uh, straight out the way that it is, uh, just like that honesty. You talked about the coach Paul Maurice. Uh, some he's been a lot of stops. He he loves it down there in South Florida. His two sons are down there. He's close to his family. Re-energized uh, Paul Maurice, and you watch his bench interviews. He is having fun with this team. Hey, they know the importance of it, but they're they're making sure that they enjoy the the moment, that they stay in the moment, and play hard, but enjoy this experience because it doesn't come around too often. You know, you mentioned having played with Keith Kachuk, and you know, Keith was he never got to go and play in a Stanley Cup final, and now he's being able to watch his son do it i mean the whole family is but you were on the the 96 team that went to the stanley cup final bill what does it mean for a player to be able to get there and say like i am in the stanley cup final right now so you play road hockey you put all this time in the gym you ride your bike you run um and every time you're doing that all you're dreaming about is winning a Stanley Cup or getting into the NHL. But once you get into the NHL and you know you belong, you only have one goal on your mind, and that is uh, to to win a Stanley Cup. So, so to get there, to have a chance at it, is is what you dream about as a kid. And, and to have that experience, uh, I never won a Stanley Cup. You kind of regret it when you're done playing hockey. It, it really hurts not to have a Stanley Cup ring. So. To be involved for me, that's why I had that excitement last night because I'm involved with this franchise. Mm-hmm. But they are, it's, it's, so, it's, it's so rare um, to get this opportunity. So you have to recognize what's in front of you and the opportunity because that line that we, we win today, we walk together forever. Uh, if you win that last game, you do walk together forever. That team will, all Stanley Cup teams go down in history and will be remembered forever with that group and that group will always be entwined no matter if they go to different teams retire at the end of the day somewhere down the road they will get back together and they will fall right lock and step with each other it's like having a best friend that you haven't seen for five years haven't talked to you meet up with them and you just pick up right where you left off um that's what it means to get to the stanley cup you have to be the ultimate team to win that trophy do you think the path that they've taken to get to this point makes it a little bit sweeter? And the fact that, you know, we've heard the, the interviews from Kachuk and guys in that dressing room, you know, they've been the underdog. Nobody believed in them except for the guys in that room. And en route to the cup final, they've beat the number one team in the league. 
uh, the number two team in the league and number four in Boston, Carolina, and Toronto through the first three rounds of the playoffs. And if Vegas wins tonight or in game five or wherever that series ends up, they'll play against the number five team in the league. So does that does that path make it even sweeter that they could, you know, have this underdog story and, and nobody believed in them but, but themselves? It's, it's going to be pretty special if you do that at the end of the day. The East in general was a gauntlet to get through. Everyone was talking about if you come through these East playoffs, uh, you're going to have to, to have to earn it. And the Panthers did it as a bottom seed. You talked about the teams that they had to, had to go through. And a 3-1 Boston, historically, the greatest team, regular season team in NHL history. And you're down three games to one. In that series, now you look what's happened since then. The Panthers are 11-1 and against yeah. Boston, Toronto, and Carolina in 12 games. If you put that on your regular season schedule and said your next 12 games are going to be against Boston, Carolina, and Toronto, and you're going to win 11 of 12 of them, that would be unbelievable in the regular season. They've done that in the playoffs. So to be to sit, if, if it does go on to be a Stanley Cup champion, you talk about earning it. Uh, they're, they've earned every every inch. They've crawled for it. They've fought for it. Uh, this team has battled their butts off just to get into the playoffs. So, yes, if this team wins the Stanley Cup, they've earned it. How would you describe the level that Sergei Bobrovsky's at right now and the way that he's been able to elevate when it matters the most? Uh, I was looking at some of the numbers in terms of the goal saved above expected. Um, in the last eight regular season games, he had allowed nine goals more than expected. And in his last playoff games, he saved 11 more than he should have. Um, he's just completely elevated his game when it matters the most. How have you seen the way that he's been able to do that? Yeah, dialed in uh, just with work ethic. Uh, this guy's always worked, and it just never materi- materialized. The first three years, up up and down, the big contract. He was taking heat from the media, from the fan base. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky, two-time Vezina Trophy winner. But he's he's always diligent about his craft. He works hard, and he played about 20 games in a row, then had some injury sickness and missed three weeks. Alex Wine took over, but I talked to the goaltending coach, Rob Dallas, and they knew at some point they were going to have to make a switch from Wine to Bobrovsky in the playoffs. And Sergey Bobrovsky, Rob Dallas said he was working so hard to get prepared for, for the moment, for when they called his number. And when they did make the switch, after not playing for three weeks, he came in and hit the ground running. And it's kind of a testament to his work ethic in practice and the way that he prepares himself to play hockey games. So the team has played really well in front of him, and he has found found that extra gear. And the confidence, it's, it's between the years, it's mentally. But when you see him tracking the puck, and I, I guess it just kind of goes down to, to with this whole, whole team. Uh, the regular season was very average just to barely get into the playoffs. But you can go down the list to every single player on this roster, and their game is from the regular season to now. They've been able to elevate their game uh, to a new level, and that's that's what it takes. You have to, instead of shrinking in the playoffs um, and your top guys not doing what they're supposed to do, this Panther team, all their top guys, and especially the goaltender, Bobrovsky, have taken their regular season play from good. Now it's gone to great, and uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is leading that charge. 
Well, Barkov's been a great example um, of that as well. I mean, he had a he had a not to say that he wasn't good in the regular season, but he's been unbelievable in the playoffs. Can you maybe speak to the value that he provides to the Panthers, both on the ice and as their captain? Yeah, Alexander Barkov. Yeah, boy, when he was the, he was injured at the start of the year, came back injured. It just he was it was always something with. Alexander Barkov, he got healthy towards the second half of the season, and then the numbers started to come. The second half was good for him. But uh, to watch him play, he can control a game uh, at both ends of the rink, which is, is rare with his defensive acumen. He can match up against the other team's top lines, uh, break up the play. He's so good defensively that it leads to a lot offensively, and he plays with a couple of guys that can really skate. Anthony, Anthony DeClaire, Carter Verhage, but they're going to be up the ice all the time and they're all over the place <laughs> in both zones. They're just kind of all over the ice. But the one reliable factor that you have is Alexander Barkov. Uh, he, he's responsible. He knows how to, how to play with those, those guys. He takes all the, all the critical face-offs with him, without him. And, and, the, and it's quiet. It's on a, it's almost exact opposite. Uh, Matthew Kachuk. He just goes about his business very quietly, unassumingly. And when you look at the game at the end of the day and you watch how he performed, you're like, wow, did he have a good game? It, it didn't look like much, but when you just really watch the shifts and watch, it's the detail with Barkov, the real, the real fine details of the game. He is almost on, pot, on, on point with everything that he does in all areas of the ice. Well, I don't think he's been on the ice for many goals against in the postseason. No, and that's and that's few. considering the fact that he typically plays against other teams top competition. I mean, his his numbers against Boston in term like offensively weren't great, but that's because he was tasked with playing against like Brad Marchand every night. And then now we're kind of seeing the same, you know, strong play on the defensive side of the puck, but also big goals and big moments from Barkov. We're really kind of getting the whole package from him so far. Yeah, starting to complete. He was actually sick at the start of the playoffs, and they didn't lead on much to it. But he, uh, he, he, was, he was battling through an illness in that Boston series uh, just to get, there, get out there on the ice. And uh, you could see once he started to recover and get healthy, his game started to, to improve as we moved on uh, round by round. And it's continued here uh, into, this, into the semifinals, the conference finals. So... Alexander Barkov has done everything, everything possible that that, that that he he can do to just kind of will this team over that finish line. And we're talking to Bill Lindsay, former Florida Panther. Uh, you caught him on the broadcast last night with NHL Network. Catch him on Panthers Radio as well. Um, going back to the Paul Maurice conversation here, Bill, I mean, how did he change the way this team plays? I mean, we know that they won the President's Trophy last year. Um, they make the coaching change. They go from Andrew Burnett to Paul Maurice, and now we're seeing them have more success in the postseason. Is that a credit, or how much of a credit, I should say, is that to Paul Maurice and the way that he's got this team playing? Yep, it's, uh, he changed the identity. It was run and gun. It was turn and burn. It was everything off the rush. It was flashy last year. This year, it's not flashy. He wanted pucks out. He wanted pucks in. He wanted a heavy four check. He wanted to walk down the neutral zone. It took a lot of time. I talked to him at the beginning of the season. And, and because of the injuries, it, he was just saying, I just 
we just can't, we can't get our identity. We're getting there. But once I can get, once we got that full group, uh, second half, I could start to see, okay, now I'm starting to see the identity of this team last year, as far as the dump in and dump out rate, uh, they, as far as dumping the puck in last year, they were 32nd in the league. They didn't dump the puck in. They just did everything off the rush. This year they were second or third in the NHL in dump in rate. <laughs> they dumped the puck <laughs> in and just went in and got after it and forecheck. And, uh, and the same thing is just get it out, get it out of your own zone at all costs. Last year the Panthers were high risk in their own zone. So that's, that's the identity that uh, he said would work. He said that I want to play playoff hockey during the regular season. I'm wondering if we're ever going to get into the playoffs. But you could see the team in the last 20, 30 games, and it had an identity. You could see, okay, now this is the identity of the team. It's heavy forechecking, caught up in neutral zone. That's how we're going to win games. And it's, you can see in the playoffs that if you have a speed team, a rush team, that, that can be shut down. But if you have a team that's going to kind of just go in there and obliterate you on the floor check, hit everything in sight, just cause havoc, uh, at this time of year, those, those teams are tough to handle. And if you look around at, at Vegas, how they play defensively, even Carolina is exactly – the Panthers were looking in the mirror when they were playing Carolina. Uh, at this time of the year, it's, it's about that it's, – it's more on the defensive side of the puck that you actually win the hockey games and the – the four teams remaining are four of the best defensive teams in the NHL. Yeah, it was. it's certainly interesting to watch because the Canes, you know, their identity is, you know, they're first in, they're first on the puck. If somebody beats them, you know, they're right on their heels. Uh, they, I mean, before they started playing against the Florida Panthers, they won puck battles at a very high rate and outpaced and, and outworked opponents. And Florida, in a way, almost beat Carolina at their own game with Sergei Bobrovsky playing incredibly well uh, at the same time. Um, you know, last one for you, Bill. You've been so committed to the Panthers organization post-playing career, um, and you had the support from the fans in 96, as you mentioned earlier in this conversation. What does this mean, you know, the Panthers, their playoff run, making it to the cup final? What does that mean for the team and hockey in Florida? Yeah, it means a lot because... Early on when we got down there to South Florida, those first three, four, five years, we captured the heart of the city and we were able to just, it was kind of rabid down there. And it went away with 20 years of, of losing. We kind of really damaged the brand. And we had during the trust of the fan base back, but we made the playoffs four straight years in a row. And uh, you can see the trust. And to me, that's why it's so special because I knew what we had in those early 90s. And I knew that once you get there, there's a market for it. And they go crazy for it. But you had to earn the trust of the fans back. Uh, You had to build a team that was going to be successful, was going to keep getting in the playoffs. And that goes directly to ownership and Vinny Viola and the commitment to spend money uh, to get down here to, to put a winning club on the ice. And because of that commitment from ownership, and it has gone down now through this whole organization that you see everyone in the organization is committed. Now the fans believe, okay, well, we're seeing the commitment from ownership, and now the team is providing that. We're getting in the playoffs. So we, you see what, what was established in the early 90s, what we built up. It was torn down, but... Now it's now it's being built back up, and that that's what that what that's 
what makes me so proud right now to be involved with this Florida Panther organization is because it was torn down and they've just built it back up piece by piece. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been it's been great to watch the atmosphere at the game last night. It seemed incredible. I mean, you got Brooks Kepka the last two uh, yeah. in the PGA Championship trophy too. Brady Kachuk's hanging out, like, drinking a beer out of it. Uh, seemed like everyone had had a great time. So thanks for for doing this, Bill, and, and I hope you enjoy the Stanley Cup final. All right, thank you so much for the time. I very, I appreciate it very much. Of course, absolutely, anytime. There goes uh, Bill Lindsay on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. He was on the Florida Panthers the last time they made the Stanley Cup final in 1996. Uh, and you can catch him on Panthers Radio and NHL Network as well. And that conversation with Bill Lindsay is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. You can dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-33. 44. So uh, Florida Panthers heading to the Stanley Cup final. We will find out who their opponent will be in the coming days. We could have the answer to that tonight. Vegas Golden Knights look to eliminate the Dallas Stars in game four of the Western Conference final. The Stars without Jamie Benn. No Evgeny Dadnov. Um, looks like there are some players who might be game time decisions for the Dallas Stars as well. Um, they also made a couple recalls from the American Hockey League, most notably Maverick Bork. So look for some potential lineup changes for Dallas as they hope to stave off elimination tonight. Um, in the meantime, though, we're going to head to a quick break, and when we come back on the show, we're going to be joined by Sean Gentilly, a friend of the show, a senior national writer at The Athletic. We will tee up a bit more into the Stanley Cup final, look ahead to Game 4 tonight, and also look at what comes next for the Carolina Hurricanes. This was a special season. This was the 25th anniversary season of the team going back to North Carolina, uh, going back to Raleigh, um, the offense dries up when they need it the most. Again, their Eastern Conference final losing streak continues uh, since 2009. What comes next in Carolina? We'll chat about all that and more with Sean Gentilly coming up next on Hockey Central and Sports at 960 The Fan. You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back into Hockey Central 960. Haley Salvian here with you for the next 20 minutes of your day. Sean Gentilly's here with us. He joins us now on the Atlas Pizza Gets Hotline as we continue to talk about the Florida Panthers making the cup final who are they going to play against it's probably Vegas and what comes next for the Carolina Hurricanes we had a big chat with Bill Lindsay about it in the first segment so we don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of how the Panthers did it but one thing that I that I do find quite interesting the NHL is a copycat league we all know that how many teams are now going to be like foolishly looking for their version of the Matthew Kachuk trade. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, let's yeah. just trade for our version Let's of Matthew see. Kachuk and maybe things will go well for us next yeah. year. Yeah, it's really simple. We just need to find someone who's, like, maybe the most balanced offensive player in the game. And he's 6'2", and he's skilled, and he's coming into the last year of his contract, and he's somewhere he doesn't want to be, 
and you're also and he has like a five-team trade list, <laughs> and you're on it, and then you acquire him and you sign him forever immediately after. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's thirty. I never, I never know what to say. Thirty or thirty-one other teams. We'll, we'll say thirty-one because I'm sure the Flames would like to get a new version of Matthew Kachuk. I mean, everybody wants that guy. There's that bad news. There's only one of them. We're, we see that night after night. There's one Matthew Kachuk, and only one team's got him. Oh, and it's the Florida Panthers. Three, three game winners in in a four game sweep against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Rod Brindamore, Jordan Stahl. They don't feel like it was a sweep. It didn't feel like one. And to be fair, it was four winnable games, I would say, four one-goal games, which probably makes it more frustrating if you're a Rod Brindamore. Like, you'd probably almost, if you're going to get swept, you'd probably rather just be a blowout and be like, wow, we stunk, versus being like, oh, God, you know. Well, <laughs> four one-goal games, post-game. not great. <laughs> he said that post-game kind of in his own way last night, yeah. right, where he was like, I'm here. I'm cutting up the games. I'm watching them. I'm telling you, like we were, we were in all of these, and it's true. Like we, we watched, we watched all, we watched all the games too. There was no game that that you watched and said, Carolina Hurricanes are getting blown off the ice. It would be crazy if if that's what happened because we've seen enough of them over the years to know that that's not how they operate, right? That's not. Mm-hmm. That's not what you expect from a Rod Brindamore team. We expect them to be in games, but. It's brutal, and I think it brings up some, you know, tough questions for them again over, you know, whether that style is something that is sustainable, like all the way through four rounds of playoff of, of playoff work, if they have the right sure. mix of talent, like at the, at the very tip top. And we've talked about it over and over again regarding the Carolina Hurricanes, right? But that's because it keeps coming up. So it's, it's yep. going to be another – Another tough summer, another bunch of tough questions, and I think they're honestly pretty similar to what we've seen from them in the past because everyone loves the Hurricanes and everyone loves the way they play and everyone loves Rod, but the results haven't changed all that much. Yep. they. Uh, so I actually saw this today from a Penguins account. Um, Evgeny Malkin ruined <laughs> the mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes, uh, his hat trick in Game 2 in 2009. Ever since that point, the Canes are 0-10 in Eastern Conference final games. I mean, we can attribute it to whatever to whatever you want. I'm sure I'm sure if you're a Penguins fan, you you want to look back at that and say like Malkin put his uh put his put his hex on the on the franchise. He man, he was uh oof, he was good in that series though. I I remember I remember that one well. He was he was fantastic. That was the story I think in some ways of that of that uh, of that postseason for Pittsburgh is that there was a Crosby series and there was a Stahl series and there was a Malkin series and it was it was something to watch and that's I think in a way you know you look back and you think of stuff like that that's what you need that's what you need if you're if you're a, a true contender like a true high quality NHL team and it's what we saw from Carolina in the first two series right where yep. first one was Aho second one was Jordan Martinook. Like you need to have people reliably step up and maybe even have a guy who takes control of four or five or six games worth of uh worth of a series. And it didn't happen for them, for them, this for, the, for them against, uh, against Florida. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the Canes are still in a good place. They're very well coached. Uh, I don't know if they're, I mean, Paul Maurice has been great. The way that he's getting that team to play in Florida has been, you know, fun to watch. Obviously, it's working, but I think Rod is one of the best coaches in the NHL in terms of the effect that he has on his team. It's a well-constructed well-constructed, excuse me, roster. They have speed. They've got size. They have a good blue line. It's just that elite finishing conversation, right? And sure, a healthy Max Pacioretty and a healthy Andrei Svechnikov, and maybe this this goes differently. Maybe maybe Pacioretty solves Sergei Bobrovsky two more times than the Canes could have, and this is this series is still going on. It's tied or whatever. Svechnikov, you know, gets a game winner instead of Matthew Kachuk. But, like, how do you take this and look ahead at what comes next for this team this summer? Is it about, let's give Pacioretty another shot? He's an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, you know, Svechnikov's going to be back. Do you try to find some other kind of elite scoring talent on the open market? Do you try Pacioretty again? Like, it's interesting because it's like, how do you fix a problem that we've all kind of already known is a problem mm-hmm. and they tried to fix it, uh, but it didn't work because Patrick was hurt. Sure. Did they just try and to find you, somebody else? And can you just explain it away as Fetchnikov not being around? I mean, that's a pretty yeah. good excuse. It's an excuse, but it's, but it's all, it's a pretty good, good one, one, right? Is it, is it, is it an explanation? Is it, is it an excuse? And who knows, but I don't know. I think that gives them a certain amount of cover going into the off season. Honestly, you say like, all right, well, yeah, you're right. You know, our we our finishing talent maybe is, thin, is a little thin to begin with, and then we lost we lost our prime you know our prime our prime weapon on the wing. Like you got us. Sorry. Like let's see some other team lose their own version of Andre Svechnikov and, and manage and manage to you know break through. And also you look at I, I think you look at Bobrovsky on on the on the other end of things. I know everyone's. There's this weird narrative I feel like that's taking control, uh, although or less a little bit like people aren't talking about Sergei Bobrovsky, which is strange because lots of people yeah, are talking about Andre about about about, about Sergei Bobrovsky. So that's whatever. <laughs> but um, I think that gives them some cover too, because on, on some level they did get goalie. Bobrovsky Bobrovsky's playing yeah. playing really really well and as as well as we've seen since certainly since Carey Price a, a few years ago. So you have a super hot goalie. You have a team that. You know, is maybe short on short on shooting talent to begin with, and also lost one of their best players. And you can explain a lot of this away, but it is going to be interesting to see what they do with the money. You know, is do they bring back Pacioretty on a on kind of a you know prove it you know short term deal? I, I don't know. I, I think there's some money for them to spend too there, which which makes it which makes it interesting. And it's always it's always mm-hmm. fun to watch what comes next with them because they're thoughtful and they work around the margins and they have an ability organizationally. Uh, to find guys that can contribute, you know, for minimal, minimal costs. So is that the route they take? Did they try to make a bigger splash like like we saw from them last year? I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to watch. George Stahl is an unrestricted free agent as well. That's going to be the one of the bigger um, new contracts to look out for. So the Canes have six forwards and one defenseman who played for them in the postseason on expiring deals. Uh, all of them are UFAs except for Puliarvi, who, I mean, he's a restricted free agent. I highly mm-hmm. doubt his trial run in Raleigh is going to lead to a $3 million qualifying offer this summer. They can maybe mm-hmm. try to sign him for, you know, a piece of that as a UFA or, or something. As and if you're, if, you're Jesse, forward, if you're Jesse, if you're, if you're, if you're Jesse Puliarvi too, like, I think that's a situation where you say, like, you know what, that's fine. Uh, I, Let me try it you out. You got it. 
Uh, no QO. I don't expect to make three million dollars here. Let's like sign a sign a <laughs> sign for cheap and for very little term, and we'll see what a season's worth of you know hurricanes, devil magic uh, does does for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's the Jordan Stahl conversation. I, I think the biggest one, and this doesn't maybe impact them as much for this season, uh, but Sebastian Ajo is one year away from unrestricted free agency. Do you think the Canes should be signing him this summer? I think they should certainly try. And I, th- and I think the reason a lot of their stuff works and the reason they can I, – I know this has been said. This has been said elsewhere, certainly, and I, I know you were – you know. We've talked to a lot of people about about Rod Brindamore and what he brings to the table as a coach. But man, the the strides that Sebastian Ajo has made year over year under him, I think that says a whole lot, right, about the way they do things there and the way Rod does things uh, specifically. So having that guy at the top, having like a true, you know, everybody everybody like harps on like a perceived kind of lack of skill at the top of the lineup for for Carolina. But I don't know, man. Sebastian Ajo is pretty good. He's an upper he's an upper echelon first line center in the in the NHL and if and if you have one of those guys you can rely on and really use as the framework for the rest of your roster, uh, it makes life a lot easier and it makes it a lot easier because that that allows Carolina to worry about you know work work on the margins and try to find market inefficiencies and look for guys who are the next you know, big time contributor along, along, along a third line or next undervalued defenseman or, or whatever else, because they don't have to worry about uh, the center at the top of their lineup. So yeah, certainly it's, it's going to be, it's going to be important. And it's going to be a set of negotiations that are really interesting to watch because we know historically how Carolina does things too. They have internal valuations Mm -hmm. for players and kind of stick to them. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. They have a walkaway number for, you know, Norris candidate, level yep. defenders aka Dougie Hamilton I mean things have worked out for for both sides I would say since walking away but we know that the Canes have walkaway numbers I wonder if it'd be different for somebody like Aho who has been like drafted and developed and in that organization versus somebody like Dougie I mean Aho has worked so closely with Rod so I do think that there might be a bit more of an emotional tie or connection with somebody like Aho but also that remains to be seen also, with, uh, with that ownership yeah. group and also their track record for developing defensemen is a lot stronger than their track record for developing top six centers. So yeah. it makes it easier to, to walk away from Dougie Hamilton when you say like, no, we've got, look, we've got, we've got Slavin and we've got Brett Pesci and we've got guys, you know, we're, we, we, at that point it was like, we, we think Tony D'Angelo can, can, you know, be, be more, be all these guys, right. The track record's there and that, and they're great at it. But right, just like any other team, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot tougher to, you know, find a one C on the open market or turn a three C into a whatever. How, however, you come across it, it's, it's a lot easier to find than than uh, than helping develop, you know, contributing defensemen, which is something they're as good at as, as anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, game four tonight between Vegas and Dallas. Dallas will try to stave off elimination without Jamie Ben, no Evgeny Dadnov. They've got some other game time decisions in the lineup, according to Pete DeBoer. Uh, they recalled a couple prospects today, most notably Maverick Bork from from Texas. Mm-hmm. What do you um, What are you looking for tonight in Game Four? Do you think Vegas Vegas punches their ticket? Yeah, I, I just want to see a competitive game. 
that's not what we saw yeah. in game three. That was a that was a mess. That was embarrassing. And I'd be surprised. That's an embarrassing it game was. for Dallas. It was. It was. And I and, in in Saad Yusuf, who covers the Dallas Stars for us at the, at the Athletic, I think he did a good job of, you know, wrapping up just what a what a what a ugly effort that was really across the board, right? Because yeah. it, it's it's uh, Jamie Jamie Ben's like the the number one thing to come out of that game because he cross checks Mark Stone in the head and gets suspended for it. But like beyond that, it was still pretty ugly. They, they got they got run out of the gym and initially, like and pretty pretty early on. Didn't see a ton of pushback, and fans in Dallas start throwing crap onto the ice. Like it's tough to tough to imagine <laughs> tough to imagine a worse set of outcomes than that, right? So I'm I'm hoping for some pushback. I'm hoping to see a good game because uh, I have to watch it for work. I do not have a choice. <laughs> and I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I but like man, I'm trying I'm trying to gas up Dallas, right? I'm trying to convince myself that this is going to be a fun one to watch, but. They had the look so. of a team that was that was, that was pretty was pretty pretty toast. done pretty done. There. Yeah, they look yep. pretty defeated. But I've also been you know the biggest Dallas Stars fan on the planet for the last couple of weeks. So maybe they'll uh, you're, reverse you're, jinx. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. You're emo- you're emotional mm-hmm. about your favorite team. Emotional about your favorite team being eliminated from the from, from yeah. possibly being eliminated from from the bracket here. I know. I understand. Yeah. It's been a rough couple couple weeks here uh, for my stars. Um, when it's a final one for you, Sean, before we let you go. <laughs> As an American, we're speaking uh-huh. to an American, Sean Gentilly. Is there anything more gratifying uh, than Jack Eichel winning a Stanley Cup before Connor McDavid? Potentially. <laughs> hmm. No. <laughs> oh, we're we're. We're about to be the the idea that we're one we're one game away from being from being locked into either Stanley Cup champion Jack Eichel or Stanley Cup champion Matthew Kachuk as a proud American as a proud American hockey fan as a proud Team USA fan I can't think of anything more gratifying than that whoever whoever, whoever wins we win the point. <laughs> The Americans win. That's right. Um, thanks for doing this, Sean. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you on our podcast tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, sounds like we might have a nice American Flames guest for people to be excited about. But we'll see. There goes Sean Gentilly, senior national writer at The Athletic. He'll uh, have you posted on The Athletic after the Vegas Stars game. Tonight, uh, Dallas Stars, as mentioned, they'll try to stave off elimination against Vegas in Game 4 of the Western Conference Final. Vegas wins. They will punch their ticket officially to the Stanley Cup Final against, that's right, as we all expected, the Florida Panthers. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow here on Hockey Central 960 to break it all down. Sportsnet 960, your home of the Flames.